0: Welcome to Y11 Audio. I'm Alex Alvarado and thank you for listening. This is Ypsilanti's college football podcast. You can read Ypsilanti's college football newsletter at ipsy 11com It's Wednesday, a day later than I wanted to do my Tuesday episode, of course, but I just had a really, really busy weekend. Just kind of pushed some things around and I decided, you know what, for a lot of things that I have going on this week, Jacksonville State Week, just decided to push everything by a day for just a moment just for me to personally recover from you know a lack of sleep that i've had and to keep on you know doing what i'm doing just a little bit later um yeah definitely don't like doing this recapper of of a game later than usual but it's okay Eastern Michigan 19 UMass 17 Chris Creighton 2 Dr Blitz 0 what a stressful one. I mean, talk about following a team that plays into very stressful situations, into uh-oh stuff. You know, growing up a Lions fan, I know what that feeling is. It definitely didn't go away this weekend, right? Lost to Seattle at home. Stupid overtime rules. Last year, EMU had to come back down 13 nothing at home in the third quarter Scored 20 points. Came away with the win. Thought that one was too close for comfort. Two-point win here. Two-point win. It's good to be two and one. It's important to remember that things don't have to look the same in October and November than they do in September. Does anybody really love what we're seeing in September right now? On a lot of fronts, yes, but on some of the main ones, on some of the important ones, on some of the look at the scoreboard, see what that says ones, Eastern's falling behind. It's not performing like an offense that it should be, and it's really in the execution line. And that is kind of evident in just beating UMass by two at home. Great weather. You know, sure, some injuries are affecting parts of the roster, but execution has to be there, especially on the offense. As we move forward into Jacksonville State Week, we'll probably think more about changes that'll happen, especially at the quarterback position. That's been the highlight of things. As I keep rewatching this UMass game, and then as I've rewatched the other two games that Eastern's played this year already, I'm going to give credit where it's due, and I don't like carrying water for, you know, people that don't pay me. The play calls are there. The play calls are there. You know, I'd love to sit here and, you know, uh, just share that one video of that one little boy who's upset after a football game and be like, The players, the players, this isn't on you. Y'all played your hearts out. Y'all played your hearts out. It's the coach's fault. I'd love to be able to play that and just blame it on adults for doing that. But. Hey, man, I, I. The coaches are doing their job. The plays are there. We see it. There's just, you know, a couple things that have to actually get done when the lights are on. The throws have to be on spot. The read options, they have to be good. They have to be smart decisions. You know, UMass wasn't going to be a team that, unless we let it, was going to be a team that just beat you up all over the place, you know. As much as Don Brown has improved that roster and as much as he's added talent and found experience nationally to come to UMass in ways that weren't possible before like the transfer portal, like the utilization of it, he's doing it at a really high level right now uh considering where he's doing it at. He's getting some players from, you know, P5 ranks, their backup quarterback that they had to play the whole game against Eastern. He was a former starter at Western Carolina. So he's a guy that's trying to, you know, UMass was his step up. UMass was a step up. And that guy did really well, I thought. Um, I thought UMass didn't really surprise. I thought UMass played really well. I thought UMass Played really passionately and loud. And they played tough. And I like the way that they showed resiliency down the stretch. It made for a really good game. And it really did force EMU to play better than what it was showing. And it was doing well. And I've already said enough about the offense. A little well, we'll get back to it. Offense is lacking. It's good, but it's lacking. The defense is making plays. It made stops. It made turnovers. It started the game with three straight turnovers Bennett walker had an interception he had a second in the second half to finish with two so he has three on the year that's most in the nation that's a guy that wasn't a high ranking you know player out of high school because he had joined football late initially went from you know a little bit of junior football or you know junior year football during covid 2021 his senior year little bit of Juco ball. Found his way to Eastern. Great skills. Not a lot of experience, but he's he's doing it. Special teams, safe for Jesus Gomez, who missed his uh, his first PAT kick of his career after 48 straight makes. Made two field goals, 40-45. Ryan Kingston, he's doing his thing on kickoffs. Punting, Mitch Tomasek, good as ever. Seven booths, 321 yards. A hair under 46 average, long at 61, three inside the 20, a touchback. I mean, hey, special teams was doing it. Defense, they're allowing a lot of yards in some ways, yes. But they're getting stops. They're getting turnovers. They're creating havoc. They're making some mistakes. They didn't play perfectly. All those penalties, all 10 of them officially, Those didn't all come because Austin Smith had a bad day throwing the football. That was a team effort. Those penalties were a team effort. UMass was, you know, playing to Eastern's level in the penalty game too, I'll say. But Eastern let some things get away from them. There's going to be some holding calls. There's going to be some false starts. Don't love seeing them. Would rather see zero than two. You know, don't want to see any of those happen. But you got to expect those to happen. But when Kempton Shine lines up off sides. But when Chase Klein has two personal foul calls against him, one for a late hit against a quarterback after a touchdown pass, and then another when he's... I, I, I can't really get a good look at it, but it looked like he was just instigating after uh, Bennett's second interception of the game. You can't have those. You can't have those. Those are... those those ones don't need to happen and the late hit one was was pretty egregious like I, I didn't see how hard of, of a hit he was brought down on replay and I didn't really get a good look at it in real time just like based on where I was I was on the field taking pictures not in a good position at that time but the time when he the guy, the, the kid released the ball and where chase Klein was respectively like he was three, four yards away before he even made contact. No need. There's some things that Eastern has to shape up on. But I'll be damned if, you know, Eastern doesn't have some of the goods that it takes to make a run this year. But this is a really tough stretch, man. This isn't the sexiest non-conference slate. This isn't one that, I don't think will really like grab a lot of people's attention. It's not that Eastern is that highly prolific football team that everybody loves watching. And you know, having your game on ESPN Plus doesn't really help. You know, when you play Howard, the Big Ten, seventh best team, maybe. UMass. And then first time FBS program, which should be really exciting, honestly. Jacksonville State. Doesn't really have like a, a prestigious brand yet, though. Doesn't matter if it has Rich Rod or not. It's not really one that's supposed to grab a lot of attention. But these are still really tough tests. Like these are still teams that even with UMass, who was without their starting quarterback, was a former four-star out of high school looking to prove himself, but got injured pretty early on in the year. You know there is a. It's a pretty tough list of quarterbacks. That Quinnen Williams kid against in Howard. He's really experienced. Minnesota, that that's a lot of hype, honestly. This one in UMass, guys that are trying to prove themselves but have experience nonetheless. Carlos Davis, uh to give you a stat line for the opposing quarterback, twenty three of forty one, uh, one touchdown, yes, three interceptions, but three forty yards, long of sixty seven. Um, you know, he was still making plays out there, even like late in the stretch when It was hard to. You know, Eastern's defense definitely got after it. But that was a tough quarterback. Jacksonville State, we'll talk about it in the next episode, not really too much today, but their quarterback is going to be, you know, he's not going to make things easy either. So we got some non-sexy names on the slate, last met by UMass. But they're still tough opponents, These are still really important tests. And Eastern's passing some, failing others. This is one more opportunity coming up where Eastern's got to figure out how it's going to pass its test before the max slate arrives. Instantly going to start with some games against Mac West foes that should be beatable. Definitely should be beatable. But you don't want to keep finding yourselves into these 1917 mud bottle games. For Austin, I thought... You know, he had a lot to prove in this game. I thought he had a stat line that he wasn't proud of. And I thought that, you know, him coming from injury and all that, I was, I'm was i still not sure how much of it is a concern uh, for him in his day-to-day football life. He looks fine out there. He doesn't look like he's, like, you know, limping around and all that stuff, holding his leg, anything like that. But he doesn't look, he still seems not totally ready yet. He still seems like he's second-guessing himself sometimes. There's, it it looked pretty evident pretty early on in the Minnesota drive, like the opening drive against Minnesota last week. I'm thinking about like an overthrow to J.B. Mitchell on the initial drive. It just kinda looked like he panicked a little bit. Maybe not panicked, but just, just flinched, blinked, whatever you want to say. Paused when he should have been throwing it. When he should have been like saying, F you, I'm gonna, you know, ride this thing out. There was a quick hesitation of, uh, eh, not sure, hold on. There was some of that last week. There was some of that this week. You know, there was a sack very close to the end zone which almost results in the safety on the next play. He's kind of scrambled out of it. And then Eastern ended up punting on that situation. Then there was another play to Hamza El-Zayat where, you know, he he stared him down the whole time. If he would have chosen to throw the ball a second and a half sooner, I'm sure Hamza El-Zayat would have taken it. What? Like 84 yards to the house or something like that. I think that's where it came from. There's some slight hesitation there. Remember, there was the very first pass that he had of the game. Dropped by Max Reese. That wasn't Austin Smith's fault. That was a great throw. Started out pretty good. I'd say the first couple of throws, I'd say the first four throws, five throws. Not, too, not much more than that. First few ones that he had were exactly what he wanted to do with the ball. Maybe not the result he wanted. But then... Once he rolled out right to escape a blitz, had the near interception that wasn't towards the sideline. From there, things just kind of like slipped apart for him and just kind of, I don't know. There was that. And on the next drive, play action pass. Perfect setup. Threw it to Canoe. And it looked like the safety who came up leaped back. Reached his arm backwards to kind of get a hand on it. It looked like he tipped the ball. But I don't know if it came out of his hand all that well. out Out of Smith's hand. I don't know if he threw it well from the start. And I'm not sure that that guy ever touched the ball, honestly. I think it was a duck from the start. Something's not right. Like... There's just something when it's time to throw, when it's time to actually do it. I don't know what's going on in practices. Maybe he's, you know, in the practice hall of fame. But when the lights are on, there's just a slight hesitation. Something in his body, something in his hand, something in his arm, something, something in his feet. I don't know what it is. But it's not, it's not ready. He's able to make, you know, he's able to scramble out of situations into good gains when they could have been losses. He's good for that. But when he knows that he has to make a decision where, when to throw it, and exactly at what spot and at what time, there's enough hesitation for him to make enough bad decisions, and it's showing up. For the season, he's 41 of 74, two touchdowns, two picks, 55% throwing, 403 yards, uh, 134 uh, passing yards a game. Not that that's a real one that everyone pays attention to, but uh, on average, not making a lot of noise through the air. Through his legs, you might say, hey, at first glance, he's doing pretty good. Uh, 15 official carries, 60 net yards, four per average. You know, there's some sacks mixed in there, of course. Uh, But yeah, he had the scramble that You know, against Howard, that was really good. He had a scramble against UMass. That was really good. You know, he's a pretty good runner. However, in the read option game, which against UMass, there were at least 19 uh, read option plays called, my count. I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to ask you how many of them do you think that were good decisions, bad decisions on his part. Because to one end, that's it's almost irrelevant because I have to ask it this way. Read options where he has the choice to hand it off or keep it himself and run it. How many times do you think he kept it and ran it? Now, maybe I have the number of how many read option plays called. I'm pretty sure I'm like with I'm I'm, I'm within I'm on the green with that at least. But I know I'm like hitting a hole in one when I say that he kept the ball zero times. You know his rushes came from scrambles and sacks. Um, you know, and a lot of, and at some point, you know, if you're a smart defensive player, which you're gonna have to be if you play for Don Brown, and if you're studying how Austin Smith does his read option plays leading up to this game, and you see that this kid never keeps the ball, he always hands it off. It does not matter. How many guys are in the box? He is predetermined. It's predetermined in his eyes that the that the running back's going to get the ball. Like the running back keeping the ball is always going to be the best option. Yeah, I wouldn't respect it either. You see, I saw UMass defenders just blatantly not respect it, and maybe showed a little bit more respect in the second half, but it, it was very clear that they. Never, ever thought for a second that number four was going to keep the ball when uh, when that would have been the right choice. When sometimes that there were times where Eastern even gave him an extra option man to pitch to if he would have kept the ball and ran it and would have won the numbers game on those plays. He is a good athlete with his legs. I do trust him when he has the ball in his hands to, you know, make some long strides, long, fast strides, make good plays downfield in a hurry. If he so chooses to. But that's only if he so chooses to. He doesn't choose that a lot. He doesn't choose it enough, I don't think. And I got to rewind myself. I don't know how much of that has to do with his injury history. I really don't. I'm starting to think a little bit. You know, and the read option can be super duper effective, obviously. That's where, you know, Jalen got that really long touchdown run. That's where, I'm sorry to bring it up now. Samson Evans got the really long run, which didn't result in a touchdown. Resulted in a touchback. That sucked to see. But my takeaway from that, that's still an effective play to run. Okay? They have to keep that going. We can look at completion percentage and passing and see, you know, this player is or isn't a good decision maker. It's hard to do, hard to glean that from the box score. How they're doing in the readoption game? Austin Smith just, you know, just wasn't doing it, man. Just blatantly gave the ball away a lot, and even with all that, Samson Evans averaged eleven point one yards per carry. Jalen Jackson's. Jalen Jackson, six point nine per carry. Austin eleven point two for him. He did pretty well, but there were. There's so many plays, there were so many yards just left on the field. And when you look at the score of seventeen for UMass, nineteen for Eastern Michigan, and think how did EMU only come away with, you know, a two point win? It's plays like that. It's plays like that. It's not just, you know, the the touchdowns wiped off the board. It's not just the fumble at the end zone. It's these, you know, two yard carries that could have been seven. It's all of those. And there were when I say 0 for 19, I really do mean that. Again, some of those were good decisions, but not all of them. <laughs> definitely not all of them were good decisions. Um and so yeah, I, I would expect to see, you know, at some point very soon, if Smith doesn't improve as a passer, sure, he's definitely not gonna see the field or he's gonna be taken off pretty soon. He doesn't improve there for sure. Oh, and there was another deep pass. to I forgot about this play. There's a deep pass, uh, about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, It's like third and 12 situation. 50-yard pass to Tanner Canoe goes incomplete. Uh, Tanner Canoe uh, was in full uniform before the play, but as the the pass was coming down, uh, his shoulder pad got ripped out by uh, the defensive back and no flag was called. So that really sucked to see in real time. That that was that was that's definitely an opportunity where that's not the fault of EMU's offense. That's that's the refs not doing their part either. But still. Too close for comfort. Penalties are part of the reason. Penalties wiped off some touchdowns. Bad quarterback play, that definitely helped. But don't forget about the read option game. Don't forget about, you know, what is his effectiveness there? Because, you know, and, and it really is his job to keep the ball. Sometimes, you know, legitimately keep the ball, make options, read, and react. Don't because UMass really did cheat a lot, and if Jacksonville State's gonna be cheating a lot too, I, I don't know. I, I why would I assume that Austin Smith's gonna just start running the ball more? I don't know like Eastern doesn't run like a super complicated offense. It really does run simple concepts. Does some motion a little bit, but it's all about high execution. And execution's just not there. The play calling's there. I think there's talent around a lot of different spots. I think special teams hitting its marks. Defense, like I said, is playing really well. Mike Coleman's off to a great start couple stats really quickly easy ones that everybody loves against umass 10 tackles for loss three sacks two forced fumbles that's a good day like just just looking at three simple stats just like an old baseball man would that's a good day for the defense it's a really good slugging percentage but the but the defense can't stay on the field the whole time that's the big thing you know What the quarterback play is causing is that this defense, their legs are about to fall off. They've got some injuries across that D-line, its most important position of the group, or its most important group, I think, when it comes to applying pressure. They're hurting on the interior. At this point last year, they were hurting on the interior, and we didn't like how things were going. This year, the defense is off to a good start, but you're on the field too long. You guys got to get off. It's not your fault. You guys are doing your part. You're you're forcing the offense off the field. Believe me, we all see it. Offense just has to execute. And it's not just the quarterback. It, it is a team effort. Some changes need to be had. You know, we'll probably see a quarterback change at some point. I don't know if Eastern, and we'll talk about it next episode, I don't know if Eastern's going to start with a new quarterback. I don't know if Eastern's going to let Forrest start and then let ike or cameron come in during the game we'll see what happens when that time comes but this game showed one way or another the execution needs to start getting there it needs to force execution it can't just wait for explosive plays to happen the explosive play rate over the last three games for eastern's offense two percent against howard two percent against minnesota 4% against UMass. That's not going to do it. That's not championship-level football. Thank you for listening to another episode of Y11 Audio. If you like what I do, hit subscribe. If you love what I do, all I ask for is $6 a month, and you can get it all at ipsy11.com. I'm Alex Alvarado, and thanks again.